Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back in to the Scar. It is inside the clubhouse with Matt Spiegel and the man. Oh, you're Matt Spiegel. I'm. That's right. I'm him. <laughs> the man is Bruce Levine. He's out there in Arizona. You're always with Matt Spiegel, aren't you? I always am with him. He. I can't escape him. I've tried, Bruce. It's not a bad thing. I enjoy working with the guy as well every Saturday from well, 9 to 11 on Inside the Clubhouse. I have I have no choice but to work with that no, guy. He's, he's a good guy. Pretty smart when it comes to baseball. Uh, whenever anybody asks me if I can get them in to maybe see the band, um, see my band, I say, you know, I sleep with the guy who puts together the guest list. So, you know. <laughs> That, that, that being line. me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it's 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Hoping to talk to David Bodie a little bit out later <laughs> in the hour. And in Cubs camp and in White Sox camp, some stories going on. Albert Almora has been leading off an awful lot. What, what, what do we think is going to happen with that top of the order? They're, they're going to give Albert Almora chances to, to earn that role with consistency, you think, Bruce? Not convinced of that, Matt. Uh, I, I just believe that uh, Joe Madden believes in the platoon system. Uh, Albert has reported in the camp uh, leaner, uh, hoping to pick up a step here or there. Um, he's not necessarily lost weight, but redistributed. And in, in that case, uh, you know, uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to project an outfielder who's very good defensively but uh, doesn't bring enough slug to the game for you. And therefore, I think the platoon is still going to be in place. I, I think that, you know, when you look at both him and Hap, you're, you're going to see a platoon. You're going to see, you know, uh, also Hap playing some of the other outfield positions, occasionally third or second. But uh, his, his goal is to become a better outfielder, a better center fielder, certainly have more contact, early contact, um, we know he has a good eye. He walks an awful lot, but struck out 165 times, which is way too high for the 400 or so at bats that he had. So from all of that, I still see a platoon out there. I, I, I don't necessarily see Almora uh, er, winning the entire job and mm-hmm. going against every right-handed pitcher starting uh, regular season. So, so once he's in, or if he's in the lineup, maybe hitting up there, when he's not in the lineup, Hap hitting up there? Or Possibly. What, or I mean, you know, will it be the rotation? The, cho- the choices are there. I mean, we've been, you know, we've been listening to Cub fans and we've been reporting about, you know, people pining for a, a, a regular on-base percentage guy, uh, a guy that can make things happen at the top of the order uh, for the Cubs since Fowler left. It's two, it's two years going into three now, believe it or not. Uh, I think the from all the metrics, the Cubs were – I think third or fourth 
as far as on-base percentage from their leadoff men last yep. year. Yep, uh, and, and OPS as well. They were right yeah. up there, top two or three so, in OPS. So I guess may, maybe they're in this day and age in baseball, Matt, maybe the, the quintessential guy, you know, the, the speedy guy at the 390 on-base percentage that plays every day in center field or left field or, or as a second baseman or shortstop, maybe that that's passe. Maybe, maybe we don't. We don't see that anymore. The Cubs seem to survive uh, very well, especially in the first half of the season where they were scoring a lot of runs uh, very well with, with a number of guys at the top of the order. And you'll, you'll remember that uh, in, indeed it was El Moro who had a sensational first six weeks or two months of the season before you saw you know some of the OPS start to fade. In um, the top five in terms of OPS at the leadoff spot last year, Colorado is number five with an 810 OPS. That's mm-hmm. Charlie, right? Um, the Cubs, number four at 819. The Cardinals, number three, even with all of Fowler's troubles, they cobbled together an 842 on uh, OPS out of the leadoff spot. The Indians um, at 858 out of the leadoff spot. And number one, the only one over 1,000 is Mookie Betts. That's, right. you know, and the Red and Sox. the other two had Lindor yep. and Matt Carpenter. Yeah, so that, that'll work. Lindor, Carpenter, um, and, you know, and, and, and Charlie out there in, in, in Colorado. Yeah, but, yeah. And, and so you understood it. But the, the Cubs did it kind of in a different way because you had multiple guys there. Like we said, it was Elmora a lot in the first two months of the season, but then, you know, you, you also saw Hap, you saw Zobrist up there quite a bit. You saw how many times the Rizzo lead off? Maybe 10 last year? Mm. Quite a bit. For for one week full, he was their leadoff man. So they they experimented around an awful lot, and uh, I don't think that was the thing that, that killed them in the last month of the season was more 43 games in 44 days. And the fact that Bryant was no longer Bryant. This is Sid in Evanston on 670 The Score. Sid, you're on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Matt. Hey, Bruce. Uh, always good to listen to you guys. Um, you kind of answered my earlier question, but I wanted to shift it back to sort of impressions, Bruce, of the first week of uh, spring training from the pitching perspective. The Cubs uh, pitchers look good. Do you, do you think this bodes well for the start of the season? Well, you know, health is what I always project for veteran pitchers. That's that's the key. Coming out of here, two things for me, Matt, and, and, and thanks for your call. I appreciate it. If, if you have another question, you know, hang on. Uh, two things I project, try to project, health and getting your innings in. Hey, that's Bruce, it. As hey, far as the results, mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't look at it that very much, but their, their pitchers have had great results in the first uh, couple innings that they've started here in spring training. Mm-hmm. Uh, they. But to me, working on things like we heard Hendricks talking the other day, telling us working on the curveball yesterday, I, I talked mm-hmm. to Quintana uh, about the changeup as well. Good. We'll get back to that stuff. David Bodie, kind enough to give us a few minutes right here on the hotline. And joining us on Inside the Clubhouse from out there in Arizona. Hello, David. You're on with me, Matt Spiegel, and him, Bruce Levine. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Morning. Uh, hey, uh, I know you had some meetings, and we appreciate you taking some time out today. David, what's uh, what's been the spring uh, like for you, and how many multiple positions are you you working out at a, on, a, on a given day to uh, hone your skills for another major league season? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a great spring. It's uh, a really good vibe in the clubhouse. A lot of guys who are ready to go. Um, we're ready to get the season kind of going and and things. And um, 
Yeah, I've been working at all the positions, third, short, and second mainly right now. I'm probably throwing some first and some outfield here as things kind of continue on, you know. Um, but every day I just try, wherever I'm playing, I'll take the most reps there, and then during BP I'll try to scoot over and, and get a couple extra reps at other places just to keep keep tabs on it. Hey, David, I I love the situational uh, hitting drills that, that Joe Madden, you know, was was doing. I, I want to know what you thought about him. I mean, I, I wasn't there, obviously, but just the idea of him and just Joe being more involved with that stuff and having you guys try to think about bat control more and think about situations more. What was that like the other day? Absolutely. I mean, and, and what I like, too, is they throw a machine out there, and it's not just BP down the middle um, that we can, you know, you can kind of manipulate some things, but... Um, yeah, just we can throw in curveball there. You can throw in high fastballs and, and put up situations. It's just another tool, uh, another repetition to just win those situations. You're not surprised by it or uh, you have the feel of what you want to accomplish. It's just another way, and I think it's fantastic that uh, that we've done that this spring. What's your perspective this year after making uh, major contributions to the team last year and, and you know becoming kind of a cult favorite here for uh, you know some of the great things that you did? Uh, what's what's your mindset coming into this camp and doing your work this year as opposed to last year when you were still trying to get recognized by Joe and the staff as somebody that could be useful down the road? My mindset every day is what can I do to help this team win? Um, that's what Joe preaches all the time is at the end of the day, do we win? And I think that's the most important thing. Um, and I think as a team collectively, we all have that mindset. And I'm really excited to see this year how it plays out. Um just with everybody having that mindset of what what can I do to help the team win today um, and just take that mindset every day for 162 games and then at the end of the year see where it puts us. It's really interesting, David, because it's always been said about baseball, you know, if you try harder at baseball, it can make you too tight, like you got to stay loose. And yet, as you say, uh, guys are collectively trying to think about it a little bit more, be a little bit more focused. Theo Epstein's talked about the edge. What what does that mean to you? Because like some people hear that and say, "Oh, these guys are supposed to be angry and more intense," but it, that's not what it's about. It's just kind of focus. What is it exactly? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think uh, you know the effort. Sometimes, if you put too much effort, like physically in a game or pressing or that type of thing, you can have the the adverse results that you're looking for. Um, but more of just like the mental side that you're speaking of, that focus um, in in whatever it could be for different players, just different things and your preparation or your pregame routines or um, just being aware of what you personally need. For me, I might need to take extra ground balls. For somebody, it's like I might take less ground balls. For somebody, it's I need to be in the video room. For some people, it's I need to be in the training room to get to get my mind right or go through my meditation with, with Tukes and Bake, you know, and, and I think that's just kind of, it's more on the forefront of our mind and people know what they need to do to get ready. And I think as a collective group, everybody's doing that. Matt touched on it with your, his question to you about Joe and the situational hitting. What have you seen in, in different in Joe himself as far as being, as he said, I want to be more hands-on. I want to be involved in uh, some of the drills, the bunting drills, and certainly the situational hitting drills. But, have you seen a more proactive guy uh, than than you did last year at this point? I have absolutely. Um, he's he's out there and and we're talking through situations and and you know before up on defenses or first and thirds or pickoffs and stuff like that. You know we're going through it as a group and he's there and he's he's putting in his input and and it helps too is is that whole communication part of you know what he expects to see from it and then we can go out there and and 
and do it. Hey, David, have you taken part in that in that thing where it's the half-sized baseball from halfway between the mound and home plate? Do, do I have that right? Have you taken part in that drill? Which one is that? It's, there's a smaller ball that they throw from closer. It's a lighter ball, right? Or, or, yeah. You, t- I, you I, tell I, me. You tell me about that one. I haven't done that one yet. Um, in the spring, we did it in uh, the minor leagues a couple years ago. Okay. Um, it's just it's just another hand-eye coordination from from what I've done. I've I've done it. I'm supposed to. I think I'm slotted to do that today. Gotcha. Um, after the after the day, but do you do you have a B hack? Do you have a B swing? A two strike swing? Yeah, I think over this off season, it's it's all about different clubs and different people are um, based on different pitchers or different counts or situations. Being able to give and take, you know, and I'm going to go up with this club this at bat, or I'm going to go with this club, and you know, in the sense of golfing, you know, you got you got your driver, you're not going to take your driver to to a putting green, you know what I'm saying? So it's hmm. it's kind of like that, and you got to have you got to know what works for you, you know, and and figure out, oh, is it what's your smaller moves? Um, or do you need to make a bigger move or do you make a smaller mental note? And sometimes a lot of your different swing, quote-unquote, is a lot of just different mental thoughts. Hmm. David, uh, in closing with you, Matt and I appreciate your time. We know you got to get uh, prepared for a stretch here in just a couple minutes. When you look at the Chicago Cubs in 2019, do you see any different approach from, from your teammates at this point in time? Do you see, uh, uh, you know, uh, not not an anger, but uh, you know some type of chip built up from you know having not done what you guys wanted to do at the end of last year, going into the season, going into spring, uh, out on the field right now, kind of a, a new vibe out there. I think we're ready to go. There that's it all, is. All, yeah, did it. We're just ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, I guess you know you don't have to expound on that. Uh, I think having watched Bryant and Rizzo early in spring training. Uh, there's very few of you guys that are w- wasted time to get into camp and get into shape. Everybody seemed to be more than ready when, when they walked in. Yeah, I, I mean, just I, that's all I can really say is just we're, we're, ready, to, we're ready to play. All right. Well, Rizzo's hair is ridiculous, but that's okay. You know, <laughs> we all have choices to make. David, thanks for your time, man. We appreciate it. Thanks. Have a good one. You got right, it. Take that's care. David Bodie. David yeah, that, Bodie that, down here in Arizona. Huh. And, uh you know, uh, there there is that resolve that you see. I mean, sometimes, you know, people get sick of hearing about, uh, you know, statements that people are making off the field about what they're going to do. You know, with the Chicago Cubs, you have the you have these players with tremendous ability beyond a lot of other teams that are, uh, you know, if that focus is there, if they do have the good health that they need to be able to close the deal out, um, it should be a fun year for the Cubs. Situational hitting, that was the message last year. Chili Davis struggled to get that through, and Joe kind of left it to Chili to try and get that through. It is a nuanced message, is the way that Jed Hoyer referred to it in the offseason, and everybody's now involved, including Joe, in trying to get these guys to think about it. Yeah. Every Cub player that I'll get a chance to talk to, I'm going to ask if they have a B-hack, because, because Theo and Jed have said, spend those first two strikes looking for that pitch to launch over the shift. Go ahead. Then with two strikes... Change your approach, well, like Rizzo do think, does. What do you think Davis was trying to get across? Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's the same message, right? right. It's right. the he, same message. A, you know, again, okay, uh, the players said they didn't like the way that he delivered his message. He's gone. Okay, now it's incumbent on these players with three hitting coaches in three years. Yep. It's incumbent upon them to say, you know what? We're Major League Baseball players. 
or accomplished Major League Baseball players. Many of us have played on a world championship team. Many of us have gone to the playoffs four years in a row. We're not going to allow any built-in excuses. As you said, we need to use uh, all everything involved, but more importantly, just get the job done, okay? Uh, no one has to tell a player that gets to the major leagues that there's an opposite field and that could be used to your benefit at any time. Maybe it took uh, uh, Javier Baez longer than most to find that area. Once he did, what type of change, what type of different player have we seen over the last two years? Uh, absolutely. But the, these guys need to be need to be mindful and comfortable in thinking about it. Like Bodie said there, it's really just different thoughts sometimes uh, in terms of it, it, you know, not a different swing. Um, as, as he was being specific about it. It's just, it, it always interests me, and this year more than ever, the kind of human changes they try to make. Anthony Iaposi is a guy that a lot of them know and like, and he's goofy. He's goofy as hell. Chili is not goofy. So they, they, they brought in a, okay. a, a, a more right. of a John Maley kind of goofy guy to try and, and have that uh, help these guys relax. All right, if it takes comedy, good, whatever it takes. But let me tell you something. If I had... If I was doing any instructing for any team, Chicago Cubs, anyone else, I would take Ben Zobris at bats and put up on a screen the situation that Ben is batting in, whether he's leading off or he's batting in the seventh inning with a man on second base mm -hmm. or he, he's in the fourth inning and he's the second hitter after the first guy got on. And then I would watch – the baseball IQ of Ben Zobris, not necessarily all the results. He's not going to hit a lot of home runs. He's not going to, uh, it's not going to be sexy, but just try to try to look at teaching from the focal point of what he is thinking, what needs to be done in that situation. And that would be a teaching tool for me because he rarely has bad at bats. He, he doesn't always have the result he wants. But when he's up there, there's a plan, and you can think along with Ben Zobris as he's going through that plan. And he's willing to not have a lot of home runs. He doesn't mind. Absolutely. And, and, and if you're talking about moving the ball around the field, you know, there's no, no better example than that. So, so I'm, I'm sure you know, they're way ahead of me. I'm sure they've done things like that to, to show approaches in situations, not just an at-bat, but you know, the thought process of a hitter as he approaches – that at bat, that situation in that ball game. Yep, him and Rizzo. You know what? Yeah, what Rizzo's what, great too. What, what, watch Rizzo like just poke it over the third baseman's head in a in a in a in a situation where they need it, and say, "Hey, you know, I don't know why more guys don't get excited about that kind of thing, but home runs are sexy." I we guess, but you know, you're as you point out, Rizzo at bats are, you know, that's the fundamental fun of watching a game is him standing on the line challenging. The pitcher not to hit him, taking away the inside corner from that pitcher yeah. and that catcher, uh, doing doing as you said, maybe laying a bunt down when the shift is on to uh, to get a base hit that way. It's, yeah, yeah, Bruce, I'm re I'm remembering a game. I think it was against the Cardinals on that final weekend when an Anthony Rizzo at bat completely broke the opposition. Um, or, or or was the Nats and Jeremy Hellickson? Maybe it was Hellickson. Remember when Hellickson had like five perfect innings against right. the Cubs? Yeah, I do. And and I think that was the game where a Rizzo like fourteen pitch walk just completely broke Jeremy Hellickson, and the Cubs broke through after so, that. So so you 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 hope and and wish that guys like Baez, who has learned the dynamic of taking his game to another level by using right field 
you know, that creeps in there. It doesn't necessarily have to be that, as you said uh, before. You know, have a two-strike approach. You know, try not to do too much. Put the bat on the ball. Some good things are liable to happen. You know, we've heard all these things for years. But mm-hmm. the reality of being able to put the ball in play is so key now in launch angle times for, for teams to be able to keep the line moving and score runs. There it is, Rizzo, two outs in the sixth on August 10th against Jeremy Hellickson, a 13-pitch walk that completely changed that game. I was, yeah, uh, yeah. I remember being there for that one. All right, it's Inside the Clubhouse. Matt Spiegel and Bruce Levine here with you on 670 The Score. Your phone calls welcome 312-644-6767. Text us at 67011 if you want to hop in as well. We're still going to try to really work on some guys to cut down on strikeouts and put the ball in play. I think it's easy to do that than to teach somebody to walk. So moving it forward, I want, I, I want it all. I want guys that see pitches, don't expand their zone. I want guys to put the ball in play with runner on third, less than two outs. I want guys that when they see their pitch, it goes over the wall. <laughs> that is the greed. The greed of Joe Madden. I want it all. Love that. Great pull there. Zach Withers producing on the other side of the glass. Why not, Bruce? He wants, he wants guys who can do everything at the plate. I, I play fantasy baseball as well. I didn't know Joe was into it. Well, you know, he wants he, that There's means... another team usually that they're playing against, isn't there? Yeah, he just wants he wants Mookie Betts and JD Martinez. That's what he wants. He watched the World Series. He wants the other team to cooperate as well. So I, I you know, I love I love the energy that he shows right now, and I, I love the belief in his team. and And why not? It, it is a, a splendid brand of. Uh, or blend of rather uh, players who, uh, you know, collectively just, uh, you know, looked bad at the end of last year because of being worn down by the schedule. And the fact that, uh, you know, Milwaukee came out of nowhere and won eight in a row at the end of the year to take that division away. And, and the steam ran out of the, the Cubs uh, train. It just, you know, came to an abrupt halt and uh, they have a lot to prove, but people should not forget how good, uh, this team is how much talent this team has. We pick it apart and say, you know, maybe they don't have the everyday center fielder that they want. Maybe they don't have uh, the closer at the end that they necessarily want. But in between all that, there's a tremendous amount of talent. This is Riles in Gridley. Before we talk about you, Darvish, Riles is on the score. What's up? How are you? Hi, fellas. Uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for taking my call. And uh, before I get to my point, I wanted to compliment you guys on uh, on being able to disagree without being disagreeable. You guys took uh, opposite uh, sides on the topic earlier, and it's nice hearing both of your points of view. Um, but what I wanted to talk about, you fellas were talking about situational you know, hitting and so forth. Um, they were rerunning the Cub game from yesterday in the desert. <clears throat> And Schwarber was up, and he just made a beautiful hit to the opposite field. Um, and if he can do it, if I could do it in in high school speeds, you probably got hit uh, the hit and run sign before. Uh, uh, the, these big leaguers should have should be able to do it, and it's important that they do do that so that the shift does not take away points from their betting average. Thank you, Riles. I, I you know I, it's it and it's 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 interesting because. I think guys, for the most part, want to get paid, and they believe they get paid by hitting a lot of home runs. And will you get paid? Remember talking about this with Jed Hoyer, you and I, Bruce, at the Cubs convention. Will guys get paid 
for popping it over the third baseman's head and down the line for 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 an important single from moving the baseball and doing that. Will guys get paid for that or not? I don't know. I mean, you look at Albert Omora, a guy that we talked about in the last half hour. You know, is that the type of guy that's going to get uh, the money that maybe he let's, – let's project him and say he starts 140 games for the Cubs. He hits 11 home runs and drives in 57, okay? Has an on-base percentage of 348. He's done everything within his skill set to help his team win, right? Mm-hmm. He's a valuable defensive player. So if all that projected out when he goes to arbitration for the first time, is is he going to make the money – as you said, that he deserves, or is he going to be looked at as a player from another era that doesn't deserve the money that they hand out now? The bottom of the hour is brought to you by Subway. Order a sub directly from your sofa. Subway now delivers your favorite sub, salad, or signature wrap straight to your door. Go to subway.com slash delivers to order with Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash, or Postmates. Delivery available in selected areas. See subway.com slash delivers for details. Um, sometimes, Bruce, we get to a Saturday, and, and folks maybe have not had a chance to listen all week. Maybe they've read the newspapers, but they haven't had a chance to hear some of the tape that comes out of Arizona, uh, mostly through you. <laughs> on, on the score this week. Um, l- let's play some of this. But before we do, let me ask you, did you know that you Darvish's English was this good? I knew it was excellent. Uh, I knew that he uh, shared uh, a lot of what he, uh, what he was thinking when, when he was in Texas with uh, Evan Grant, who is uh, mm-hmm. a longtime uh, great reporter there, and th- that they would go out to dinner at certain times and that he had a, a, a great personality and a great sense of humor. And, you know, as it turned out, you know, just speaking through an interpreter was a disservice for a guy that's, I wouldn't say totally mastered the language, but certainly he has mastered being able to communicate and understanding the nuances of the English language and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of the, the humor behind uh, things as well. So it's, it's been a revelation for him so far in camp. <laughs> Matt, uh, talking to us reporters here, talking to his teammates more, feeling more relaxed in year two after the cleanup and the elbow surgery last year. And he, he's looked good. I mean, he, he had a he had a lousy inning out here, uh, you know, his first start, but he didn't care because of the fact that he couldn't command his breaking pitches. He's been throwing since uh, late January here in Arizona. So he, he's not trying to build up his arm. He can throw 94 to 96 right mm-hmm. now easily. He's already at the point where he's working on his breaking pitches. He's not trying to impress anybody in his first uh, outing in spring training. He's already an accomplished pitcher that is already, like like his teammates, working on other things. You know, I, I remember it was the night after he walked on four pitches against Carl Edwards Jr. at Wrigley in the NLCS a couple years ago. And he was up there in that little interview room where they used to do it, Bruce, you know, um, and and he didn't speak a word of English. You know, he had the interpreter just there handling it for him. So even though he spoke some English, lots of English in Texas, he didn't do it in as a Dodger and he didn't do it last year as a Cub. But this is you, Darvish, earlier this week talking about uh, why he does not have an interpreter this year in Cubs camp. Interpreters, you know, um, expensive. Yeah. <laughs> for uh, organization, right? So that's why. <laughs> but, but good for me, good for me too. You know, I have a good experience with you guys, and then I can use more English. You guys understand what I'm thinking from my mouth, you know, and not you know, 
with an in- interpreter. So that means a lot for me. So it, it means a lot for him to be understood, you know, and uh, and with the joke, as you say in there about the uh, the, the expense. I try that issues. with you every week for two hours and. You know, we we just we can't get through to each other. Yeah. Well, maybe we should try Japanese next week. It could, it could work, or we could go to a Japanese restaurant and try to communicate. But no, it it truly is fun to hear him talk and to 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 get it. You know, he just gets it, and, and uh, I think it's going to be a much easier time for him now. If he's not able to go out there and throw six or seven good innings, you know, all the all the English translation, all the Rhetoric is not going to mean much. He's got to go out there. He is indeed, you know, if if you were asking me, Matt, today, if it was Fe- March 27th and we're doing a show right before the, the start of the season, I would say that uh, other than Bryant uh, getting back to being Bryant, Darvish being who they thought they gave the $126 million mm-hmm. to is the key for this team to be a championship caliber team again this this season. A little more you Darvish here talking about the future versus the present. Before I worry about like a future, you know, I'm scared for a future, but now I'm living like now. So that that makes me more confident and then feel more happy. Ah, he's living in the now. This this continues to be therapeutic work that a lot of us do Bruce it's called yeah. mindfulness and it's and you've heard Joe Madden preach it forever you've heard a million gurus preach it easier yeah. said than done um, I'm working on being in the now as well you yeah yeah you or me uh, ex- all of us oh, okay. me you. you me you, you. and you. you you know yeah I think it's you know it's the way to be successful in just about everything really Matt it is you know? uh, when when you start projecting your life ahead of time I don't care who you are what sport you are in or whether you're uh, in business. When you when you get too far ahead of yourself, everybody gets in trouble. So that is, that's a practical way of getting back to, to what he wants to do at this time. And I think hopefully it'll work. Again, this guy has to be physically mm-hmm. on top of his game and ready to give the Cubs uh, 15 wins and 200 innings this year. If he can accomplish the 200 innings uh, or whatever – they think these days is close to 200 innings. 170, 200, 180? 200, uh, you know, the new one, 180, you're right. 180 is the new 200 yeah. because I think we had 11 or 12 pitchers uh, last year, maybe 13, that actually threw 200 innings. That's becoming uh, a number that's uh, in the rearview mirror. So 180 to 190 is where it's at to help your team uh, win on that particular day. We are living in the now. Right here on Inside the Clubhouse, along with you, Darvish. 670 The Score. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. We'll come back and talk um, some White Sox stuff and some Cubs stuff. Some phone calls are lined up for us as well, Bruce, at 312-644-6767. Top of the hour, it's Steve Rosenblum and a Jamoke named me on 670 The Score. few phone calls to round out the show. I've been texting back and forth with some friends who are baseball fans and Listening to the show, Bruce, some guys uh, just wanting to to feel the goodness, feel the happiness that spring training usually brings. And it's been muddled with some of the bigger stories and the bigger issues. But, you know, it, it does mean the end of winter. I think the Cubs are on TV today for the very first time, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah, they are. And uh, <clears throat> it is a good feeling to just talk about baseball. I, I like mean, baseball. It, you know, again, you get caught up in, in so much of the business of baseball that it's it's not fun. It's important, you know, for us to deliver it because that's, you know, part of the job. But nonetheless, uh, you know, watching the games right now and 
and seeing the detail of, of pitchers working on pitches, hitters working on different things, people trying to stay healthy, which has become the real theme song for spring training over the last 10 years. The idea for managers, front office people, to be able to say, we have a healthy squad coming out of spring training. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Bruce, when I first started to see lineups and projected pitchers and broadcast times and stuff like that in my Twitter timeline, I, I tweeted that I was so happy I might weep. And the, and the response was a lot of people saying, I have never been less excited for a season in my life. It, it, really? was, it, it was kind of dark. It's kind of a dark offseason for some Cubs fans and some White Sox fans. So, you know, maybe we'll, uh, we'll see some good things on the field, and that'll start to change people's perspective. This you know, is- a couple of 25 below zero days in gray skies. Yeah. That can, do, that can kill anybody's spirit. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Uh, Mike is in Lincolnwood on 670 yeah. The Score. Hello, Mike. You're yeah, on. Yeah, how are you doing this morning? Good. You know, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this season. You know, I follow baseball pretty closely, and I'm going to run off some names to you that the Sox didn't have last year, and I'm not even talking about the upcoming prospects, okay? Just listen to this. Nova, Santana, Herrera, Colome, Alonzo, Jay, and Castillo, who really wasn't here for much of the year. Now, I say each one of those ball players can, can, can contribute. You know, I got, I got news for you. Jay's a 285 hitter. Alonzo is a, is a very decent power hitter, okay? Colome and Herrera, they go along with a couple of the young guys they had and, and Nate Jones. The Sox have a bullpen now. They haven't had a bullpen for a long time, all right? And Santana's mm. capable of really, you know, giving them a decent year. And Nova is certainly as good or whatever, and he's younger than, than James Shields. I don't know why there's any reason to think this isn't going to be an improved team, and I haven't even talked about any of the prospects. It should be an improved team, especially the pitchers that you mentioned. Nova and Santana, especially if Santana's healthy, are exactly the right kind of guys to fill out the back of your rotation while you're waiting for the kids to get there. Well, I, you know, there, there, there's another aspect to it as well, and that is they help you compete along the way, and then they bring you back more help for the future. You bet. So and Herrera, that, too. If Herrera oh. is healthy and, and flame-throwing, then you've got all those guys are, are possible sign-in flips or so, trade-in but, flips. Uh, the, the caller makes a great point, Matt, and that is they have more professional players out there that can help you win a game with a home run or a, uh, a graded bat by Jay or uh, a good start at the front and the back end by Nova and Santana. And as you pointed out, Santana, you know, a wasted year last year because of a finger injury, only five games pitched in. The year before, in the top ten for uh, Cy Young, having won 16 games mm-hmm. for the Twins. So there are a lot of good possibilities bringing these veterans in. But, uh, you know, again, the, the rebuild is still on. The key for the Chicago White Sox is certainly – the progress of the Andersons, the Mancadas, the Eloy Jimenez, and how he starts his career. And I can't emphasize enough the growth of the starting pitchers. That is that is where this rebuild can take a, a quicker, newer form uh, than you think five years down the line from the beginning of a rebuild. This can happen more quickly if you see Lopez continue to be the pitcher he was last year, Giolito stepping up, and a, a guy like uh, um, Cease or Rodon Dunn? today. Oh, well, Rodon. Cease is going to make it, but like Rodon today, who uh, has his first Cactus League start and is ha- has a healthy 
you know, 32 starts, something he's not been able to accomplish in his career yet. That That's the key to this team is, you know, give me that starting pitching and that base of young, controllable pitchers for the next five or six years, and, and then all that other stuff should come, you know, that should come together with those position players they're bringing along and the people of the future we don't know that'll be a part of this team. Mike is downtown on the score. Hello, Mike. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. What's happening? Good morning, fellas. Um, I I really uh, respectfully disagree with the prior caller. I'm a 50-year-plus Sox fan, incredibly frustrated by the offseason. We'll put aside the idiotic comments of Kenny Williams yesterday, but they've got to put a gag on that guy because every time he opens his mouth, he alienates the entire uh, uh, Sox fan base with his arrogant comments. But as far as the offseason, I never wanted them to sign Machado. I don't want a 10-year guy, but my expectation was you know, uh, that they would actually go out and try and acquire quality players to fill the goals. The prior uh, caller mentioned the people they brought on board. John Jay's what he's like sixty years old. He was a good player in his prime. <laughs> we didn't we didn't need the first baseman. I mean I don't understand that. And the pitchers we got uh, are old, are broken, and the Seattle, mm-hmm. Kansas City. No, you know they're they're. This reminds me of what three, four, five years ago when our off season was getting that Ronald Belisario guy. The white there is a reason why the White Sox are not a successful business organization. There is a reason why we've finished uh, uh, with a losing record for six consecutive years. If you continue to uh, shop in the dumpster uh, uh, bin, and Santana may be great, but if you continue to uh, fail to go out and acquire and put your focus on getting quality players who will make a difference, um, I, I, it worked, what world Kenny Williams lives in, what gives him the basis to be as arrogant, what his success record over the last 15 years uh, that gives him the basis to, to demean White Sox fans' intelligence, uh, it's just so disappointing because I look at this team different than the last guy. This is another hundred lost team in my mind, and I'd be interested in your perspective. Mike was on fire. Mike got his thoughts out. He was holding a long time, Bruce. Yeah, well, you know, uh, he brings up some good points, and it's a, a different point of view, and he could well be right. You know, this could this could be another team that loses between 90 and 100. But, again, for, for my reasons, you know, I – I like the, some of the veterans they picked up only from perspective of keeping them more respectable, you know, professional guys showing the proper wave for some of the young guys. I concentrate on the young pitching staff. I concentrate on Mancata and Anderson and uh, Jimenez. I concentrate and look at Madrigal and yeah. what he's going to be doing in the minor leagues this year and moving along. I look at the young catchers like Zavala and Collins and mm-hmm. watch them. That's you know, that's my concentration because, uh, as the caller said, if you really believe in the rebuild here, uh, this is not the team you're going to be watching uh, moving toward no. championship caliber baseball. It, it, but it, you you do bring in quality individuals for your clubhouse, guys that are professional hitters, and then you use them again to build that cachet of young players as you continue on this incompleted, you know, this is this is this trip for – Oh, a championship is not complete at this point, and there's there's a long way to go. But, again, bringing in the veteran bullpen guys, I like that because when Giolito goes out there, when Lopez goes out there, when Cease eventually goes out there uh, to pitch, when Kobe goes out there, you want somebody to be able to back up their good work by gaining a, a victory and, and, and having that feel good as well as far as 
winning a ball game. That that's a part of learning how to win. You a lot of teams, you know, you hear people talk about learning how to win, uh, but there there is also that hey, we have to get away from this losing mentality of of accepting and understanding losing and, and dealing with it. We want to be moving on to a different mindset. That's what Carlos Rodon said with us. I think it was last week or the week before. Like It's time for them to, to transition to that kind of mindset. They've got some guys that are capable of it. I disagreed with the caller in terms of those arms. He's wrong about the quality of those arms, and he's also wrong about like trying to be good this year. You know, I, And I disagree with him that he didn't about not wanting a 10-year guy. The whole point of getting Machado was to supplement your young players and to symbolize to the entire league that you are ready to do it, ready to get it done, and ready to win. And they tried, they wanted to do that. That's why Yonder Alonso was here. They wanted to do it, and they couldn't get it done. And that is disappointing. So, it, you know, if you're angry about that, I get it. And the words from Kenny Williams, yeah, I get that too. But to not look at those pitchers and realize that they are an improvement and they can be assets that can be flipped is to have an incomplete picture of uh, what's going on over there. This is Terry in Houston on 6-7 of the score. Terry, what's up? You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Top of the morning to you guys. Amen. I was watching the game yesterday, and uh, there were some uh, substantial changes uh, a bunch of the guys made. Uh, uh, Schwarberg was driving the ball high in left field, uh, and Edwards doing a toe tap to kind of square him up on his pitching, and particularly uh, Tyler uh, had a great outing. My question is, after last year when our ground balls went way up percentage, is the team making any effort to help the team put the ball in the air a little bit more this year? Well, you know, we we talked about contact, Matt, and uh, and certainly hard contact using the whole field, having a two-strike approach, that's, that's certainly something that's not new here. Melee talked about it. Certainly you had Chili Davis talking about it now as you talked about, you know, Iaposi and his message being received in a different way. Again, the adjustment has to be made by these players. I think we're seeing these adjustments. That's what spring training is all about for both teams, White Sox and Cubs. You're watching the subtle little things that they have to do to try to get better. Uh, Again, early in spring training, don't put too much into it because of the fact that – you know, the, the other people are getting ready as well. Keep your eye uh, on the team being together the last 10 to 12 days this season and watch watch their approach at that time. I think you have a better indication. I uh, enjoy watching the adjustments and seeing the coaches doing the things they're doing. Uh, and good for you, Terry, in Houston, watching the game on MLB.com or the MLB TV app or whatever he was doing and uh, picking up on all that stuff and allowing himself to be excited. That's what the spring is all about. Matt, uh, we have people to thank, including Zach Withers, who does a tremendous job. Our our friend Spencer here in Arizona helping with our uh, production here. Uh, people can follow me on uh, Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Also right on the website, 670thescore.com. Remember, all of our shows will be down here in spring training starting on Monday. And remember, Mully and Haw Thursday from uh, Sloan here, and it's going to be an exciting week. Uh, Matt, I will talk to you next week. All right, Bruce, thanks so much. David Bodie, appreciate him and the Cubs for uh, being on the show. So it is Inside the Clubhouse. Talk to you next week, Bruce. Steve Rosenblum is up next with me.
listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.